Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is a Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 92. Happy holidays. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host. There are 7,120,000 search results for his name in Google, Pat Flynn. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to session 92 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Happy holidays to all of you. I know you're probably busy doing stuff for the holidays, so I'm gonna go right into the content and introduce our guest, Ramit Sethi from IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com, probably one of the first blogs that I've ever subscribed to and I've ever started reading. Um, it was that and also Get Rich Slowly. Uh, org with J.D. Roth. And it's funny because those two blogs probably couldn't be more opposite in the personal finance space. But I, re I started reading Ramit because he was sharing some really interesting stuff. He wrote really good content uh, about personal finance, stuff that was different from most of the other things I was reading out there. And um, very helpful, too. He's actually saved me a lot of money and actually has earned me quite a bit of money. Even when I was working in architecture, he was the one who actually helped me, uh, not personally, but through his content, actually get a raise, which was awesome. Now, when I got into online business, I started looking toward Ramit for how to run an online business because he does it really well. And of course, his content and his copy is amazing. But I brought him on the show today to talk about something that I know a lot of us struggle with. Uh, two things. One, selling. And two, pricing those products. And especially that second one. How do you price How do you price your product? So you've created something. How do you know what to price it? Um, such an interesting challenge to, to, to figure out how to price your stuff. Something I struggle with, and I definitely struggled with when I first started. I mean, when I first started, it was basically throwing darts at a dartboard um, and just trying to see what number it came up with. Now, there are some very concrete pieces of advice that Ramit shares with us for how to price our products. So I'm just gonna go right into the interview so we can get there and talk about a lot of other things too that are gonna help you. Here we are with Ramit Sethi from IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, Ramit? Thank you for coming on the Yes Pay podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Dude, I'm super stoked to have you here. I've been following your blog forever, even before I got into online business. So uh, I, I want to give you a chance just to introduce yourself really quick to the audience. How did you get started and, and how did you get to the point from uh, where you were in college to IWillTeachToBeRich.com? Sure. Well, I started learning about money when I took my scholarship, my first scholarship check for college. And I invested it in the stock market and I lost half my money. 
And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I better learn how this money thing works. And at the same time, I was studying social influence and persuasion at Stanford. And I was really learning about human behavior. And I was also studying investing and all kinds of money issues. And I just realized the emperor has no clothes. The so-called techniques that all these experts were telling you to do, like stop spending money on lattes, keep a budget. Nobody wanted to listen to that. Like people, my friends wanted to buy lattes. They wanted to go out and buy a round of drinks for their friends. And this advice was just these older people lecturing and nagging us as to what we shouldn't do with our money. So I ended up trying to teach a class, a very informal class in school. And all my friends said, oh, that sounds amazing. And then they would never show up because who wants to go to a class about money where you're going to get lectured to? And (laughs) ultimately for a year and a half, I tried that. It didn't work. So I went online and I started a blog. And that is what originally took me to IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com, which has now grown quite a bit. Yeah, that's crazy. And I know, you know, since I've been following you for a while, you're very, very strong with your position in this space. You you say, you know what, go ahead and get your lattes. Get those small things that you want to get. You shouldn't be frugal. You should instead go for the big wins. What do you mean by that exactly? Well, I think that, you know, a lot of what I write about is based and rooted in psychology. So there's theories and we create our own psychology as well by testing it. We have basically a secret laboratory behind I Will Teach. So when I talk about big wins, what I'm really talking about is a concept called cognitive misers. We are cognitive misers. We have limited attention, limited willpower. You wake up in the morning, there's 50 things you could do with your money, right? You could uh, go out to dinner, not go out to dinner, increase your student loan payoff, credit card debt, negotiate. And faced with that overwhelming amount of to-dos, we do the same thing we've always done which is nothing. Nothing, right. And so instead of worrying about saving $3 a day, which really doesn't even add up to that much, and also people don't stop spending money on their lattes. It's the one joy they have in the morning. You want to take that away from me so I can, (laughs) 35 years down the road, I can have $10,000 saved up and want to kill myself every day of my life? No. Instead, we say, you know what? Get your five to 10 big wins done, like automate your finances, negotiate your salary, find a dream job, start a business. You do those five to 10 things, you will never have to worry about rinky-dink purchases like $3 lattes. You want to buy extra dessert? Go for it. You want to buy a round of drinks for your friends? Do it. Let me show you how. And in fact, I even go more because I know what kind of people my readers are because I'm very similar. Like, I don't judge people for wanting to buy $300 shoes or fly to Vegas for the weekend. If you want to do that, if that's what a rich life is to you, I will show you how to earn enough to do that. And if you actually want to save a ton of money, put some money aside for your children's education or donate to charity, I'm going to show you how to do that as well. But it's a very different approach than nagging people and telling them all the things they can't do. Right, right. And I love that. And actually, you have an app that you came out with. And I didn't tell you that I was going to talk about this, but I want to share it here. I want people to get it because it can help you get those big wins. And, um, you know, those are so important. Like, for instance, I remember you talking about this and it's in your app, an exact script for calling your, you know, like I used your script to call Time Warner Cable and to just reduce the price of how much I was paying for TV and internet just within 15 minutes. Awesome. And that was so awesome to get that. So what is the name of the app and where, where can we get it? It's funny you mentioned that. I didn't even know you were going to talk about it. And actually, we can talk about the app because it has not been one of our biggest successes. So I can talk about like some things that have succeeded for us and some things that have not. But the app, I think it's good. It's called Negotiate It negotiate it. And you basically just sit around on your phone. 
it, it, you say, oh, I want to cut the price that I'm paying for cable or internet or I want to negotiate a late fee. And you just, it has the phone numbers of the companies that you work with. And then on the screen, you just read off the words, almost like karaoke, and your fees get evaporated. They get waived. Now, I think the larger point for the people listening here is I Will Teach You To Be Rich has become very famous for its scripts, word-for-word scripts that tell you how to negotiate, how to get higher rates, how to get a higher salary, and stuff like that. And we can talk about the principle beyond there because I think a lot of your readers might be interested in how they can help their readers um, you know, find more success. Like, Pat, if you were able to negotiate 500 bucks off your cable, that's awesome. But even more importantly, if someone's able to use my scripts to negotiate a $20,000 raise, which happens all the time, they're going to be with me for life. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can talk about how your listeners and how your readers can help their fans get those kind of results, that's where you really get a massive lifelong business. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's how you gain lifelong fans. When you can actually teach someone to do something, they do it and they see the results. They're going to be like, wow, I got to follow this guy forever and I'm going to share the heck out of him. Um, I know that's sort of on the surface level. What's going on sort of cognitively when when that's the case so we can better understand this process? You mean when they want to stick with you forever? Yeah. Well, all right, look, when you first pick up a personal finance book, it's pretty interesting. Um, We did a lot of research before we wrote the book and The first chapter in virtually every single personal finance book is, okay, let's figure out how much money you're spending. And you know what people do? They quietly close the book and put it right back on the shelf because nobody wants to go through all that psychological trauma of where are all my accounts? How much do I even have in debt? Because I don't even know. And now I have to put it down on paper and feel bad about myself. No, thanks. I think I'm going to go watch a movie. So instead, what we did was we said, okay, what's something that everyone has and everyone hates? credit cards. And we happen to know some big wins against credit cards. So use these word-for-word scripts, which we tested with thousands of people. Call up your credit card company. By the way, here's the phone number. And just read it off. And what happens is people are like, ah, this is kind of weird. This Indian dude seems like a a little weirdo. (laughs) I'm going to try it. All right. So they try it because it's not that hard. The phone number is right there. The words are literally on the page. And they get like a $37 late fee waived. And at that moment, gotcha. Yeah. They want, they trust me because they know it works. And it was what we call a quick win, right? So then they're like, all right, I'm going to get this book. They read it. They get big results all in a short period of time. And at that point, you've progressively gotten them to trust you more. This is very different than what a lot of people do, which is like, oh, okay, you want to lose, uh, you want to lose weight? All right, well, first let's make a big plan. Hey, people don't plan. That's not how they work. So when you're working with your fans and your readers and your listeners, you really want to be careful to say, what is the quickest win I can get them? And what's the biggest win I can get them? Don't just do one without the other. If you do quick wins, you just become a tactician. But if you only do big wins, most people are not psychologically prepared for big wins. They need a quick win to at least get, you know, grease the skids and get them open to it. Yeah, that's huge. So, so just going back really quick, sort of the step by step process. You just got, you you understand what the pains are, and you found one that you could address, and you found it, you actually know a solution for. You tested it with thousands of people to make sure it works. You validated that idea, then you made it incredibly easy to use, and it developed a quick win, which then gives you an opportunity to earn trust from people, which then you can provide bigger wins to, and they just become super fans at that point. That's exactly right. And our motto that we we use, and this is based again in social psychology, is behavior first, then attitude. And this, this is very counterintuitive. Most of 
education in America and behavioral change is actually about changing attitudes. Mm -hmm. So you'll see in, in the personal finance world, people like, okay, if these poor people just had another compound interest chart, then they would really understand the power of investing. Hey, everyone knows what those compound interest charts are. They don't change behavior at all. Or when it comes to dieting or, or weight loss, hey, if people really understood how bad um, carbs are, if we just wrote another paper on it, then they would change. Wrong. If they change their behavior first, then their attitude will follow. So in this case, we do whatever it takes to get them to change their behavior for just one microsecond. Like, here's the phone number, here's what to say, and they do it, and then they're like, whoa, I am the kind of person that could actually get control of my money. I'm gonna read on to chapter two. And we found a lot of success using that principle. Yeah, so behavior first, and that just gets people to actually do something that they're gonna get results from, and that's when they realize that they will have to change their attitude. Exactly. Awesome. That they can't. That that they can. Okay, so you mentioned your app, and and before we get into your products and pricing strategies and things like that, which I know everybody's interested, you you mentioned really quick, you you were having some issues with the app, or not really issues, or it's just not... um, you know, your biggest sort of impact item. What, why do you say that? You're talking about my app? Your app, yeah. Oh, man. All right. So I'll talk about this all day long. So, <laughs> um, you know, how there's a joke that like Microsoft doesn't even roll over in bed for any business less than $100 million. Like basically, as you get larger, you necessarily have to look at bigger and bigger wins, right? So like, for example, if, if you're making um, like $25,000, then an extra $1,000 is a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. If you're making $110,000, $1,000 is not that big of a deal to you, relatively, right? Right. So what we found was we did did the app and we didn't get the kind of sales we wanted, nor did we get the kind of lead gen that we wanted. Um, And and if you think about it, the app sells for, it, it still sells for a competitive price for an app, but it's like less than five bucks. One of my courses is many hundreds of times that. So it's very difficult to, um, to, to sort of break even on that. And I think the larger principle that we've learned over time is so many people that I see in this space play with like small items, hoping that they can get massive, massive scale. And that's true. Some people can, like McDonald's sells, you know, over a billion hamburgers served, et cetera. But that's very difficult for most people to do. And so we are very conscious of working on high impact items rather than low impact items, which seem like they're going to generate a ton of impact. Put another way, you know, you could ask yourself, like we, we have one product that we created and it wasn't really optimized. There was a lot of things we could do. And I had a couple of team members say, hey, let's just, let's spend a couple of days and optimize this. And I called it the 5X principle because even if we 5X sales, it would make no material impact. It wouldn't even move the needle. Mm -hmm. So I I think a lot of people, I would challenge them to say, if you even 5X the results of what you're doing with this thing, would it even make that big of a difference? And if not, why even waste any time at all? Right. That's a great sort of test you can ask yourself. Um, I want to talk about the history of the products that you've sold and have created for your audience at IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. I was there since the beginning. I remember your very first product. And then I heard you speak later on, maybe two or three years later, about that process and how you felt internally. Just take us through sort of the history of the products that you've created. I mean, what, when did you decide, and, or, or why did you decide to create a product, and what was that product, and how did that go? I started the site in 2004, 
And all of my friends were like, you got to monetize this site. Put some Google ads on there. <laughs> and I was like, why do I care about Google ads? Back then, my dream was if it, if it doesn't pay my rent, then I don't care. Like I had such a dim dream, okay? Only covering my rent was my dream. And the truth is I didn't start the site to make money. It was truly something, it was a labor of love. It, I didn't charge anything. I didn't do sponsorships or anything. So I did that for a couple of years. And finally, I was like, okay, I want to try some different things. I'm going to try ads. I'm going to try um, sponsorships. I'm going to try speaking. I just wanted to, I treated it like a puzzle and I wanted to crack the code. So one of the things I did was I created a very simple ebook and I wanted to see if people would actually pay for content. So this is in 2006, around December. And I launched it for a grand total of $4.95. Whoa, it was so much, which is hilarious in retrospect because one of my recent courses sold for $12,000, okay? So $4.95, I have to tell you, I was absolutely petrified. It was the first time I had charged for anything and content. I had been writing my site for two years. I had a decent readership, but they were used to getting free stuff. And I was petrified that they would say, you know, you're a sellout and all this stuff. And actually, all of that happened. So people came out with pitchforks and they said, you're a sellout. You've jumped the shark. Oh, it's I will teach you, Ramit, to be rich, not I will teach your readers to be rich. And they were just like marauding gangsters, okay? But at the same time, people actually bought. In fact, I had projected such low sales that I didn't even set up any kind of fulfillment. I was just gonna wait for the payment through PayPal and then email it to them manually. Because <laughs> I'm not kidding. I thought I, I had such low self-esteem about it that I thought I would have less than 50 sales, okay? That, and that is the truth. And how many readers on your site at this time? Uh, probably around like 50,000 a month. Okay, okay. Okay, and- um, and I really just had very low self-esteem and I was petrified. But I also said, this is something I have to do. I just want to see what's going to happen. Um, my sales letter, if you can even call it that, it's a blog post. It's still up online. You can Google it and find it. It's the worst copy you've ever seen. It's full of fear and cowardice. I literally say, why does this cost money? I know you could find similar things for free on Google, but <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I mean, it's like, anyway, so what that did was um, the people with pitchforks came out but also, what I realized was they were a small vocal minority and people were buying. And in fact, I sold over a thousand copies of that thing. So that really opened my eyes. And over the next three years, it was a gut-wrenching transition to creating different courses and learning how to master monetization. I wanted to become world-class, but really what I discovered was the biggest problem was my own internal psychology. Yeah, I mean, I find that to be the case for anyone, especially when they have been providing content for free for such a long time, similar to what I was doing. And I, I want to know from your point of view, why do we listen to that 1% that speaks up and that just sort of, you know, we, we see sales coming in and, and, and there's like a few outspoken people, but they just seem to happen to, they have this overwhelming ability to just change how we behave and act and think. I mean, some I know some people, and I, this was me in the past, when I would get negative criticisms for something, I would think about it for days. And I mean, it was absolutely. just, it would just kill me. And you, uh, I learned. I, I saw it on your site. And in fact, I sent you a note saying, listen, you just started charging for something. Here's what's going to happen. I, I read every comment on your post where you announced a paid product. And some of them were vicious. And you know what? I've seen it all. In fact, I'm going to share a URL right now. Now my pet hobby is cataloging um, the excuses of what I call freeloaders. 
And so let me give you a URL. It's delicious.com slash Ramit Sethi slash freeloaders. And now I've actually turned it into a game because I've cataloged, there's about 20 excuses that they all use. And there'll be something like, oh my God, um, $100? That's outrageous. Maybe if it was $8.33, maybe I would pay. And you're like, you'll never pay. Okay. I know for a fact because I tested it. People would write in and I was like, okay, it'll be $8.33. And then they're like, oh, well, um, the, the thing is like, I'm really busy until next month. So uh, I'll have to come back. Like, oh, okay. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you. Like, you know how the internet says like you shouldn't engage with trolls? Mm-hmm. I actually love doing it because I'm like, really? It's like, would you go to a comedy show and heckle the comedian? No. First of all, he has the mic. And second of all, he's way better at it than you. Right, right. So you're going to come and try to do that to me when I've seen every like, conceivable excuse under the sun? Please be my guest. So, okay, what were we talking about? Sorry, I get a little riled up with these. No, it's okay. It just reminds me of even when I launched my book, Let Go, on Amazon for $2.99, I had one person say, you know, maybe if it was $1.99, I I feel like it'd be worth $1.99, but not $2.99. You know what I tell people? One dollar. So, people say that to me now. And they, like, I have courses that that are quite expensive. And I'm unapologetic about it because my courses are the best. I don't just say that to be arrogant. I spend millions of dollars to build them, test them, refine them, iterate them, and and just make them amazingly effective. You shouldn't promote them unless they are the best. Exactly. That's exactly right. And so what I tell people is 98% of my material is free and 2% of it is paid. And I tell people, and this is true, my free material, my goal is to make it better than anyone else's paid stuff. And my paid material is absolutely world-class. So someone says to me, hey, Ramit, that's a little expensive, um, $2,000. Maybe if it was um, $47. And you know what I say? Why would I play in the $47 sandbox? I'd rather give away my material for free than play in the $47 sandbox. So you would never walk into a Rolls-Royce dealership and ask, what can I get for 10 grand in here? They'll give you two donuts and shoo you out the door, (laughs) okay? You do not walk in there because that's not the right place for you. So when people come to me, they don't come because they're looking for the cheapest. They come because they're looking for the best. Maybe they've bought a $17 ebook and it hasn't worked, right? Maybe they've tried something else and they're like, oh, this doesn't work. All right, I'm ready for what I believe is the best. Now, at that point, it's up to me to show them why I think my material is the best, to give them an ironclad guarantee, but I will never compete on price. That's just not my game. And we can talk more about pricing strategy as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to go back to Breakthrough Blogging when I launched that and I got those negative comments. At that point, I had learned over time through releasing other products on other sites that that's just going to happen, that negative blowback, and it's going to be a very small percentage. If you know that what you are creating and what you're promoting is something worth of you know the value that you're selling it for, if not more, then you can just sort of laugh at those comments. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly right. So over time, I do exactly the same thing. They're amusing. But I have to say, you know, when you first do it, For anyone who's starting to first create a paid course or product or transition from free to paid or even raise your rates, it's going to be brutal. And I have a great example. I have a friend of mine who's a very sophisticated uh, marketer and he did some consulting work for an eight-figure business. He doubled their conversion rates, doubled it. That's effectively pure profit in the millions of dollars. And guess what they said? They said, um, I'm going to, let's call him um, Ben. Mm. He said, Ben, we really appreciate what you did. Um, We're very happy with the conversion lift. Um, You know, we are a little hesitant to use it because 
a couple people in our office mentioned that the copy is really aggressive. So, you know, we're going to be doing some evaluation to see if this is the route we want to go. Now, think about that. This guy made them millions of dollars in profit. And what happened? A couple people were uncomfortable with it and they pulled back. And what's the lesson? For me, the lesson is it's very difficult to be bold in business. In fact, most people, they get a couple of negative comments and they quickly retreat and say, okay, 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 I'm going to give you a 50% off deal. How many people, Pat, do we know that launch a product and they say, for the first three days, 50% off? Yeah. 50% off? If you're truly creating the best material in the world, why on earth would you discount it 50%? Makes no sense at all. So when I see that, I instantly know they're not the best. And in mm. fact, it takes a lot of courage to move up the value chain. And I can talk about moving from $4.95 to $12,000. It is one of the most psychologically difficult things I've ever had to do. Because at every step, $4.95, etc. You really have to learn a new set and a new skill of messaging. But just to put a fine point on it, when I first created um, one of my courses for 500 bucks, I got like hundreds of comments about how angry they were. Oh, it's too much. Can I discount it? This and that. My $12,000 course, over a million people saw that course, meaning a million people saw the launch. Mm. I got less than five complaints about price. Less than five. Why? Better filtering, better messaging, and I was more confident with myself. So there's a way to move up market, but it's a slow, gradual process, and it's filled with pain. It's really hard, but I feel for everyone who goes through it, and you know, it would be, I, personally, I want to help more people create better material, and better material typically comes with a higher price tag because it's more expensive to make. So that's why I encourage people to create the best, not just another commodity $17 ebook. Right, right. Okay, so going back, you had this book this ebook did it did you know a lot better than you thought it was going to do what what what, did that excite you to create something bigger and more expensive or or like how soon until your next product and what what was that uh i'm kind of slow so it was like two years till my next product um i spent the actually the the subsequent two years writing a book and so that took me about two years to write and what happened next was before the book came out there was the basically the crash of 2008 and nobody cared about you know investing or any of that stuff that I was talking about at that point they wanted to just save money they just want to survive yeah, yeah. and so <clears throat> so i i had this idea i i created this free 30 day series save $1000 in 30 days and it was one of my most popular series ever and on on like day 3 i had like record traffic i was getting just massive and i realized i could create something off of this but I was overwhelmed with all these options. How do I create a continuity product? What website should I use? I didn't know what to do. So I went to my friend and I mentioned this to her and she was like, dude, just strip it down. Just create a simple email autoresponder, no website. And if they pay, they get on the special email list. And I was like, nah, but they need a website. And what about wish list and all this stuff? She's like, you don't have time for that. Just do this. And so I did it. And I still was not very sophisticated about pricing. I charged um, $8 a month because the lowest price that I could charge was like $7.95. Okay, that was literally my pricing strategy. What's the lowest they allow? <laughs> oh, I'll profit by five cents. I'm so sophisticated. I was such an idiot. So um, I launched it and actually I got something like 300 new subscribers the first day that I launched it. And it was called Scrooge Strategy. So what I did was 
one tip a week. And, you know, my goal was to save you more than the cost of the course with every tip. Like that was it. Now, ultimately, I ended up having a decent amount of subscribers. And for a simple savings product, it did relatively well. But compared to the things that came later, I mean, it, it didn't even compare. And I learned something else from this. I learned that your market matters more than almost anything else. So guess what the main problem with selling a course to people who want to save money is? And they're not going to want to shell out that money. Yeah, they don't want to spend money. Um, pretty blindingly obvious in retrospect, and yet there are, there are literally tens of thousands of bloggers and writers who try to do this only to realize like years later that it doesn't work. So understanding who your market is and their ability and willingness to pay, we can talk about how we do that. Um, that made a big difference for us in our subsequent products. Okay, so what was what, what is tell us about some of your most successful products. Who are they who are they targeted at? What what's the pricing strategy behind them? And and things like that. So we have one course um after I went on book tour, I went to all these cities, you know, I went to I went in Minnesota and I went Salt Lake City and I asked my readers, some of my biggest fans, I said, "What do you wish I wrote more about?" And almost all of them said, "I want to know how to earn more money." I was like, "Really? That sounds kind of scammy, dude." And they're like, I don't care. I want to know how to earn more money. So I was like, okay. So I went back home and I, I had a, a small team at that time and I put together what we call a cloud research initiative. Basically just what are the major clouds or areas of earning money? So there's passive income, there's getting a higher salary, there's freelancing, et cetera. And we identified an area which we thought was underserved and we were really good at serving. So this, is, this became our most sophisticated product uh, at the time. So we, we collected over 100,000 data points. We really tested this program, spent a lot of money to fly people in, videotape it, et cetera. And we worked on the positioning carefully. People who want to earn more money have very specific things about why they want to earn money and why they haven't already done it. And we captured this. We do, you know, our secret sauce really is our customer research. And when we launched it, we launched it at um, a $497 price point. And I told people, look, I'm going to raise the price soon. And people actually didn't believe me. They're like, this is just a marketing gimmick, Ramit. What other gimmicks do you have up your sleeve? And then the day I closed it, I doubled the price. And I never went down. And you know the craziest thing of all? I have one of my students, this is one of my favorite stories. She bought the course during when it was $497. She refunded it. And then later she came back and bought it again. And I looked up her records and she actually had to buy it at the higher price. Do you know how happy that made me? Not because I made the extra 500 bucks, I really couldn't care less. But the fact is, like, there, it's important to set consequences for your customers. And you'll see that in my material. Um, I don't allow you to join any of my courses directly from the page. I forbid anyone with credit card debt from joining my flagship courses. That decision alone cost me over $2 million a year. Um, and basically, if you don't, like, if you miss one of my webcasts, they're never recorded. So I'm sorry, you, you fell asleep, too bad. It's important to have consequences, otherwise customers will just run over you. And the truth is, we want to be respected, but we want people to respect us too. So out of respect for all the work I put in, I'm not going to let you just show up late and get a recorded webinar. I'm just not going to do it. So people actually respect that. They're like, whoa, I better, I better, do, I better like follow the guidelines if I want to have access to this material. And I think that's a, a psychological principle we learned 
because we respect what we do. So we, we, um, we teach our readers how to revere our work as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Let's talk about each of those things really quick. Um, things, you know, these sort of consequences. You, you said people can't get the product unless or directly from the page. What does that mean exactly? You, ha- you cannot go to my site and buy any of my courses. I don't know which test we're running right now, but in general, you cannot buy anything directly from my site. You have to be on my email list to even have a chance of joining one of my courses. So why do I do that? First of all, I believe that I, want, I need to educate the consumer as to why my material is the best. You don't make an, all right, you might make an impulse purchase of like Pez for like $2.99 at the grocery store. You're not making an impulse purchase of $2,999. It's not going to happen. So you need to learn like, who is this weird dude? Like, what is his philosophy? Does it actually work? And I can't do that in one page. More importantly, I want to prove myself to you. I want a relationship with you. I, I couldn't care less about making a quick buck. Yeah, maybe I'm losing out on a, a like two grand here or five grand there. The numbers add up, but I would rather have you on an email engagement so I can build a relationship with you. Get you on, whether, whether you're on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, let me build a relationship with you so over time you can be like, wow, I really like what this guy has to say or this guy is not for me. I'm gonna unsubscribe, peace. And if you stay then we can have a relationship, which I'll emphasize is way more important than just any initial sale. So mm-hmm. that's why we do that. Right. I love how you are so strong and, and, and strict, I guess you could say, with your positioning. Because if you sort of mixed it up a little bit, that's just going to send mixed messages yeah. to your audience. And like you said, some people might not you know, resonate with it and they might leave. And I'm guessing your answer would be, good, that's not part of my audience. I call myself... Uh, their surrogate Asian father. <laughs> and I tell them that like, I'm the father who demands more of you than you even knew was possible. Oh, you got an A minus? What went wrong? And having been raised by immigrant Indian parents, I actually know exactly how that is. And the truth is, it's not done out of hatred or disappointment. It's actually done out of love. I actually, like, I have a personal trainer. He expects more from me than I think I can do for myself. And I love it. Most of us are craving to be held to high standards and have higher expectations set for us, and nobody does it. No one says, you know what? Honestly, Mike, I think you did an okay job, but I think you're capable of much more. For most of us, the last time someone said that was maybe elementary school. And if there is someone who can see much more in you and then can lovingly show you how to do it, here's the tactic, here's the strategy, here are five other people just like you who did it, now let's do it together. Like that is a very powerful combination. So I think you're right. I am strict, but it's not just strict like capriciously. It's not just strict for the sake of being strict. It's really to say, look, if you're not ready to like, I have people who say, I can't make that webcast. I'm in the UK. That's 2 a.m. You know, my answer is sorry. There are 150 other people who are staying awake in the UK because they know this will be worth it. And if that's not worth it for you, that's totally cool. You know, you don't have to use my free material. Please enjoy it. But this is for the people who are willing to do whatever it takes to show up on time. And that's the price of getting access to this free and powerful material. Love it. Love it. Now, 
Closing up here, I really want to get into pricing a little bit because this is something that's so mysterious to people. It's still mysterious to me. I remember when I priced my first ebook at greenexamacademy.com, I, like you, was just like, okay, what's the rest of the market doing? Well, they're doing 80 to $90 for physical books. I'm doing an electronic book, and I want to just blow people away with how cheap this is. So I'm going to price it at $19.99. And I actually had one of my customers who owned an architecture firm who purchased a study guide and passed the test as a result. He emailed me. He's like, Pat, I used your material. It was great. Let me do you a favor now. You have to raise your price because you are, it, it seems like you're selling something really cheap when it actually is very valuable. And that's that was sort of my first lesson in pricing. But even then, there are I know a lot of things I can learn and a lot of things that are just still mysterious out there. I mean, I feel like a lot of people just throw darts to, to figure out what those prices should be. How do we determine what the right price is for our products? Okay, so we spend a lot of time doing this and we do a, a combination of qualitative and quantitative research. So at a basic point, here's my philosophy. I want to price on value, not on cost. That's very obvious. So like anyone who's an engineer listening, I'm sorry, but you are typically the worst people in the world at doing pricing. <laughs> like I, I, I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm tired of hearing people say, well, my server costs are this and that. And so total, it's $7.95. So why don't we charge uh, $8.50 and call it a day? I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? So you price on value, not on cost. Um, for example, if you take someone who has thinning hair, okay, or curly hair, they think about that every day of their lives. And what would they pay to have the thinning hair taken care of and look full again? I mean, to them, it would be probably one of their biggest purchases and they would pay on a recurring basis and they would be happy to pay. That was something that psychologically I had to get over, which is, it's actually not, it doesn't have to be adversarial. Like I, I pay a lot of different people a lot of different money and I'm happy because I get the value from it, okay? Right. So you're not, you're not gonna trick people. You might trick them for one month. You'll never trick them forever. They're very smart. So pay price on value, not on cost. But how do you do that? So one thing we do is we just start looking at the market. So what is the market charging? Let's say you're creating something on, uh, you know, how to, um, how to lose a certain amount of weight before you, like after having a child, okay? Post-pregnancy, lose weight, whatever it may be. What is the market charge for this? What are the different formats? There's taxonomies of pricing. So typically you have eBooks, which you can charge up to $47 to $97. You have mini video courses, which you can charge typically $97 to $497. And above that, you get into full video courses, $597 to $997. And above that, you have to be very sophisticated to charge over $1,000 for an online information product. Um, we use these guidelines and we study what other people are doing. Are they, are they, what is the range of pricing and what kind of offering are they making? So for example, there's typically these things where people just tell you what to do and those are lower priced. Higher prices, they tell you how to do it. And then the highest prices, they just do it for you, okay? So mm -hmm. these are the kind of models we look at. I'll give you a specific example. Let's say that you discover your market is charging between um, $100 and $200 for a product, okay? Typically, what I would do is I would say, all right, what can I do to be at the absolute top of that range? So $200. And, and I think this is, this is intimidating, but also important for people. If other people are creating an ebook and three videos, what I might do is create um, an ebook, you know, um, five hours of amazing videos, throw in a recipe book, 
and throw like go all out, not to just overwhelm them with content, but to say, what could I do to solve all of their problems? Going back to my book, it's not just telling people, hey, you should negotiate. Here's the phone numbers and the actual words to use. If you're, if you're helping them lose weight, you don't need to just tell them workout programs. They need much more than that. What is it? Are you going to text them every morning to remind them to get up and go to the gym? Like think multidimensionally. When you do that, our general philosophy is find out what the range is in the market and figure out what it takes to be at the top of that range. Let me pause there because I just gave you a lot. Okay. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. No, 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 it does. It, it, it's, I know for my audience, it's still going to be a little, little overwhelming and I know that they would want to hear, okay, they, I mean, they want a formula, you know, and, and I don't think it, it exists. Um, but you have to kind of get a feel for the market, like you said, and also experiment. I mean, do you do testing with your pricing for, for specific products? Of course. That's the quantitative side of it. But honestly, if you, the quantitative testing is much more sophisticated and that's much later down the line. If you're still like, should I charge 57 or 97? You don't need to do quantitative testing, okay? You, don't, you need to just pick one and roll with it. And typically what's happening here, it's interesting what you just said, Pat, because most of us are looking for some magic bullet when the truth is, I hate to sound like woo-woo and I'm not like a life coach, all right? But the truth when it comes to pricing for most beginning entrepreneurs is actually inside of you. It's about your self-confidence. Are you confident enough to charge at the top of the market? And if you're not, maybe your product really isn't that good. Maybe you should go and spend time. I'll give you an example. I had a friend of mine, he had a lot of traffic on his blog. And he goes, hey, Ramit, I need help to build an online course. And I go, okay, uh, let me help you. And he goes, all right, look, I just want to make like quick money right now because I need some quick money. And I'm like, oh God, I hate doing <laughs> this, right? It's like the worst kind of people on earth. So I go, look, dude, let me just show you. And I showed him two charts. I was like, this course took me six months to build. And these are the revenues I got. This course took me like 12 months. And these are the revenues. It took two times the time. I was making like 10 times the revenue. I was like, take the time, make it world-class you will get disproportionate rewards. It might take you two times along, you'll get 10 times the revenue. And it was very hard for him to wrap his mind around not just jotting off a quick ebook and selling it because he just wanted quick cash. Like, I don't deal with those people. I'm not really here to help them on earth. That's not my place on earth. Um, what I would say is being the best always gets you disproportionate rewards. So if you have the best product, the best course, the best testimonials, you can charge what the top of the market charges. And in fact, you can charge way more than the top of the market charges. Um, I hope that helps. No, it does. And I think that's a great way to close and close up the show. I mean, I, I feel like, Ramit, I can just tap your brain for so much more stuff. I mean, I'm going to have to invite you back on the show sometime soon, if you don't mind. I would love to do it. All right, cool, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Ramit, if people want to find out more about you and get in contact with you, uh, where should they go? Okay, I set up a special page where I'm giving away certain items based on what we talked about today. So stuff on testing um, and stuff on sort of like testing your own life as well as your, your business as well. So they can go to IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com slash Pat. Again, it's IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com slash Pat. I put together a bunch of stuff to show you guys some of the testing mindsets that we use. So I hope it will be useful and I would love to send you, you know, some more material as well. So if you think it's interesting, come on over and check it out. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm definitely going to check it out. That's one of the things I love about what you're doing, Remy. I mean, you have an incredible knack for just getting really deep into the data and understanding everything that's going on. Um, and, you know, the numbers don't lie. So, 
Exactly. Well, thank you for having me, Pat. Thank you, Ramit. Appreciate it. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ramit Sethi from IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. If you go to his website slash Pat, you'll go to a landing page where you can get access to other cool stuff. Um, he calls it his secret testing lab. Um, and actually, I've had access to this stuff in the past. It's really cool stuff. I, I really enjoyed his 15 little life experiments, this little report with like some little life hacks in it. Um, you will have to send your email address in order to get access to that, and you will join his list. But I will say, when I first started doing online business back in 2008, I subscribed to over 30 different email lists, Ramit's included, so that I can sort of learn from these people who have been doing this for a while. And I've since unsubscribed to all but three of them. And Ramit's is one that I continue to be a part of and continue to enjoy getting his newsletters because he does it in the right way. And I actually have learned a lot actually just reading his copy because he's such a good copywriter. And so, you know, join his list, get access to his stuff and learn from him at the same time. He's really, really good with all of this stuff. And I hope you enjoyed the interview. And I will say the last thing I want to say is just happy holidays to all of you. Please stay safe. Stay healthy, even though I know you're going to be eating some crazy stuff this holiday. Um, And I look forward to uh, seeing you in the next episode. I appreciate it. And um, just have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.